Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to Draft Week. KG, this is one of my favorite times of the year. There's just so much going on, so much content, and it feels like everything that we've done kind of post-football season has led up to this moment. Senior Bowl, Combine, Pro Days, and here we are, the most exciting time of the year. For a little scheduling update, guys, we're going to have a loaded week. We're releasing three more episodes covering the NFL Draft. Wednesday, we're going to go through every ACC prospect that KG and I think are going to be in the first two rounds. And guess what? That's a loaded list, guys. <laughs> Friday, we're going to basically stay up all night Thursday watching the draft, watching the first round. And then Thursday night, we'll release it Friday morning. We're going to release kind of a review of the first round and really discuss kind of surprises, best fits, what we think was a great job. And, and hopefully, you know, we have four or five, maybe six guys drafted there. And then on Monday, so as I said, three rounds here, three draft uh, episodes here. We're going to review the entire draft, KG. So I can't wait to talk about that. Guys, new homes. We'll talk about surprises, upside, best fits. Really cannot wait to break down every single piece of this NFL draft. As Eric McLean would say, let's go. <laughs> we are going to be covering this draft from every ACC angle that you can imagine. And Mac, you know, the NFL draft has really become some, something that I look forward to as a fan. I, there are very few events where you truly don't know what's going to happen. Like you just That's don't true. know. That's and, true. and this draft I think is done really well. You've got seven rounds. Of course, you know, a lot of the players from college football, the NBA draft has, I think declined just because a lot of the players you don't really know. They may be international. They may be one and dones, whatever, but this draft is, is really fun to watch. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see where uh, specifically two guys go Mac. So today, we're going to have two marquee guests, two potential, I'm just going to cross out potential, two <laughs> first round draft picks, going to be, both of which should be the first at their positions drafted, offensive tackle Iki Ikwanu and offensive guard slash center slash tackle Zion Johnson, Iki from NC State, Zion Johnson from Boston College. These two are truly two of the best interviews, two of the best student athletes, and I think going to be two of the best pros. And you guys are going to love this episode. We had such a great time speaking with Icky and Zion. Can't wait to see where they end up. Let's get to our first interview with former NC State offensive tackle, future first-round pick, Icky Ekwanu. Big Icky, my man, back with us on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. It's good to be here. That's right, man. Hey, look, I asked you back in December, and I, I just have to know if we've made any progress with this. Is there a syrup done deal in the pipeline? Do you have a sponsor? Like, what, what's the deal with that right now? Mm. Actually, I, I don't think so. Not yet. Uh, I know. I, I'm pretty sure we reached out to a couple. You know, okay. Kind of okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I guess where I fall, you know, uh, I guess we have to kind of just see. Okay. But I definitely I, want to come in, in the future. Okay, I like that. Okay, so we we have put some feelers out there. Our agent has done kind of the groundwork. Here's the deal, man. If the draft is fast forward, it's going to be Thursday, first round. You will be gone. Um, I'm going to call you on Sunday. If there's not a deal done, you got to connect me with the agent. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll get it. We'll make it happen. Okay? Can you promise I me that? I got you. I got you. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah. Max going to handle this and it's a no brainer. And for those that don't know, the reason we're talking about this is that NC State O-linemen are rewarded with a bottle of syrup for each pancake block they make during a game. Now, we asked you about this the first time you came on when I wasn't able to join and we we spent maybe five minutes talking about pancakes and I was so depressed to miss that conversation. How many bottles of syrup over your career at NC State? Because I have to imagine there were a lot of pancake blocks. How many bottles of syrup did you acquire? Do you have a number? Uh, it's somewhere in the 200 range. Uh, oh my gosh. All three years. Yeah. Somewhere in that, in that range. I think I beat my record this year. I think I have uh, about 80 or so. Wow. So where does all this syrup go? <laughs> so we, we sign them and then we put them, we have like a shelf, like a bookshelf that we use as a trophy case, I guess you could say. Yeah. We all just kind of line them up there. And then when it gets full, I don't know where they take them. They take them somewhere, <laughs> but some sort of storage unit or yeah. But so, there's a lot, a lot of bottles of syrup sitting somewhere. Wow. So, Icky, you never had the privilege of, like, using any of this syrup? You never used it on a pancake? Like, it just goes no, straight? No, I have. Okay, I you have. have. Actually, yeah. Okay, good. I, I, I use one of my bottles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I usually bring my breakfast in the morning straight to the uh, film room. So, I, I use one of my bottles of syrup. What, that's, what's that's the award. That's right. What, what's the what's the review? I mean, is it is it high caliber stuff? I mean, what, what are we working with here? I mean, it's solid. You know, I, we talked about it last time. My, right. my top of my list is still butter PKF. My uh, that's still got to be number one. But I mean, definitely, you know, solid syrup. You know, put it on waffles, French toast, pancakes. Put it on anything. My man, my man, yeah. I love that. I love that, brother. Mm. Well, I want to dive into you know kind of the training that you've led up to this. I imagine there's not too many you know, pancakes being eaten at this time. But really, you know, just to look at the difference between training for the NFL and, and versus what you've done maybe in the past, you know, getting ready for a college season. What What is the biggest difference, I guess, been for you? Well, yeah, so uh, I guess the biggest difference is, you know, during winter training at State, um, you know, it's a lot more, I guess, like building strength. And it, it's just like different. I guess like the lists were different uh, compared to the combine training I was doing. It's more about building up power. And building like explosiveness so you know back at state you know we're squatting heavy squat full all the way down but you know during my combine training process i might go quarter squat quarter squat explode up just kind of building those fast twitch muscles you know making sure i'm twitchy and powerful and those kind of translate to the you know the, the combine drills like the 40 yard the three cone drill just being being explosiveness and focusing on that power so yeah a little different in that regard that that's really interesting to see the difference there and just from the combine in general, I know that the the combine can be a mental challenge as well as a physical challenge. So what else did you do to prepare yourself for, as Matt calls it, the underwear Olympics, where you're judged by all these things that aren't really playing football? So how did you have to prepare for that? Uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know, I guess it's kind of just how you prepare for everything. Like I knew it was going to be, uh, I guess, you know, pretty big tool used for my evaluation. So Obviously, you know, I took it very serious during my combine training, and I want to make sure that I, I, you know, I did the best I could at the combine and kind of put that tape out there for all the, you know, scouts and teams and all that stuff. But, I mean, really just, like, I prepared for anything else. You know, I, I had a goal in mind of what I wanted to do. And when I was training, doing combine training, you know, I went to a facility that I knew would help me fulfill those goals. So, you know, even though it's different training and not something I'm used to, I understood that, you know, it, it, you know, it, this is what it took, and I was going to just go through that process. On a scale of one to ten, Icky, how excited are you that you never have to run a forty-yard dash ever again? Mm. Yeah, oh, he's excited. He's excited. <laughs> really, never again in my life will I have to run a forty. So I mean, yeah, it just definitely feels good. Now, now that you've done it, we can kind of dive into this a little bit. 
I mean, give me your real thoughts. It, look, it's just you, Kelly, and I here talking. Nobody else will hear this. I'm joking. They will. Um, what What are your thoughts? Like the 40, the the 20 yards. Like, why the heck are big 300-pound-plus men doing this, and how does that equate to football? I, I've never ran uh, straight yards 40 untouched before in a football game. Have yeah. you? No, I haven't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a rhyme and reason for everything. Uh, I guess that's just what I was asked to do. That's so, right. I'm, you know, train for it and, you know, do it the best of, to my ability. But I mean, I, I guess some of the drills, you know, kind of have a translation. Some of them like the change of direction stuff, maybe. Yeah. But I feel like the film really is like your resume more than anything. Like what you put on tape is really who you are uh, more than, you know, drills and all that. But, you know, it's just the process you got to go through. <laughs> Honestly, Icky, I'm I'm surprised that you did not roll up to Indianapolis with just like a, a trailer of all your syrup and just said, "Hey, got look, like I'm good. This is this is the proof. I, I'm good to go." So when I talk about the the pre-draft process, I mean it's basically meant to tear you down. They're they're going to nitpick you. They're going to try to find everything they can and, and enough reasons to to say, "No, nah, we're, we're going to pass on this guy. We're not going to give him." a million uh, plus dollars. But what I found with you, man, is from the, the beginning of the season, you were shooting up these boards and just flying on everybody's mind. When did you personally realize, man, there, there's a possibility I'm going top five? I mean, during the season, like I tried really like not to really be on social media too much. And I really tried to just ignore all the mock drafts, especially because like the NFL season hadn't even you know ended yet. Still a lot of uh, uncertainty, even, you know, a week before the draft, still a lot of uncertainty. You never know what's going to happen. So I never try to pay attention to the mock drafts or anything like that. Um, I always kind of just let my play speak for itself. And, you know, I obviously, you know, in my heart, I feel like I'm the best lineman in this draft. So I kind of just knowing that about myself and having that confidence in myself, you know, uh, I guess now, you know, it's not really a surprise, the projections that I, I see myself as. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, a cool experience and it's something that you dream about. We've talked with uh, quite a few guys, especially last year heading into the draft about when they're having these meetings with teams and the weird things that the teams have asked from them. We had a guy say that he had to make up a rap on the spot. Um, if you're asking if you're a dog or cat guy, and then what does that say about you, right? So we're doing some of these meetings. Don't name teams. We're not doing that to you, but give us some of the weird ones where you were like, okay, I'm interviewing for a job and you're asking me that. What, what is up with that? Man, uh, I wouldn't say weird, more like interesting, but I was meeting with the team and they like were playing a game, I guess, where I had, they played like some songs, like snippets of songs. And I had to like guess, I guess like which, like what, what the artist was and what the song was. They're playing, yeah, they're playing some like old, some old school, I mean, old for me, obviously, but right. you know, some songs, I'm like, damn, I've never even heard this song before in my life. And I was just kind of guessing, <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, that, that was that was fun, though. You know, yeah. I haven't really gotten anything crazy. Nothing, definitely nothing like disrespectful or anything like right, that. Right, right, so, right. Honestly, so everything's the, just been like fun. Yeah. So the key to being an NFL offensive lineman is being really good at name that tune. That exactly. That's where we are yeah, now. That's the secret right there. <laughs> I love that, that's man. That's wild. Yeah, that is hilarious. And, and look, Icky, I, I've, you know, obviously got to know you over the last couple of years, and, and I don't think that, you know, this is maybe your mindset, but I have to ask this because of, you know, the projections and where you've been. And, and I mean, the pinnacle of offensive line play for so many years now, has there ever been this situation where a team came up to you and they're asking you all this crazy stuff and like, Aki, we're going to give you this test. We're going to give you this and that. 
and you're like, listen, guys, uh, what, what number pick do you have? Oh, y'all got 11? I'm, I'm going to be gone. I don't have time for this. Have you ever had that situation happen? Nah, never. Just because, I mean, I, I, like I said earlier, there's so much uncertainty in the league. Like, you never know. Like, you might be talking to a team with the 20th pick, and then you say something crazy to them, and before you know it, they trade up. That's now they right. got pick four, pick three, and now you're looking like, dang, like, if I've just been a little bit more respectful. So, I, sure. you know, I give every team their respect. I've been doing, you know, every team that asked me to do something, you know, I'll do it for them because, I mean, that's just – you only get this process once, you only get it in this opportunity one time. So I'm going to maximize it and do everything I can. So maybe a little bit wiser than, you know, the great Deion Sanders back in the day mm-hmm. uh, when, when he said that to some teams. I understand. You, you, that was you, before you, social media and everything, too, though. So, true. Like, now a different world. Do that, a different that's world. That's going to be right on ESPN <laughs> quick. Like, absolutely. Know about it. No, no question, man. Speaking of, of social media, I'm glad you brought that up. Have you seen like a rise in, in, like DMs from different fan bases, like, Ick, we can't wait to get you, man. Can't wait to bring you on. And it's like some crazy team. Have you seen anything like that? Uh, I mean, I have seen like a rise in my, uh, like DM requests. Um, but honestly, I try not to look at, to, to look at any of them. It's kind of just uh, stay focused on task at hand. Cause I feel like it's kind of like a rabbit hole. Like you want to look at one and then before you know, you're just scrolling over and over and over. So no doubt. No I doubt. just let that be. <laughs> what has this process, Icky, been like, uh, you know, for your family and, you know, being able to see your mom and dad on a couple of interviews and, and things like that. What has it been like for them? I mean, are they kind of pitching themselves as well and saying, man, is this really about to happen? What, what has that process been like for those guys? There's a lot of excitement and uh, a lot of support too. Like really since I was a kid playing this game, I've had my whole family support me, you know, since third grade all the way to now, you know, the support has never changed and like the love has never changed. And, I really just find, you know, the pride of me and those excited for this opportunity uh, for me. So I mean, it's excited. Uh, the whole family just is ready. Icky, how did NC State prepare you for the NFL? How do you think they got you ready? Well, I feel like kind of the culture of the team has always been like hard-nosed, like put your hand in the ground, you know, just get get to work football. And I feel like that transits really well to the league. Um, I feel like Anytime you got a group of guys that's willing to work hard and work, you know, strive towards their goals, it's going to just improve a room and, um, you know, improve, improve an organization. I, I feel like you see that throughout the league, you know, with, you know, Garrett Bradbury and Bradley Chubb and B.J. Hill and J- like Jermaine Pratt. Some of those guys that you that have been through, NC State have been through, you know, have had success and found, you know, big roles on their team. Um, you know, all state guys have all kind of buy into that culture. No doubt. I think that's well said. Okay, let's talk about the draft itself. That day, we hear you're going to be in Vegas for the NFL draft, assuming that you're, a lot of your family will be there with you. Why did you – I know a lot of players want to do kind of home stuff, but you're choosing to go to Vegas. You're bringing your family. Why did you want to go, and what is it going to feel like when you walk up there, shake the commissioner's mm-hmm. hand, have that whole experience? Well, I wanted to go because, I mean, once this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, you only get drafted once. You only go through this process once. Um, so I, I want to just, I mean, I really just wanted to see myself walk on stage and really just have that memory uh, for life. And the fact, you know, I have my whole family with me as well, you know, means a lot to me. So get to travel with them. Uh, the NFL is taking care of that. So I appreciate them for that. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, really, I'm just excited, you know, only get this opportunity one time. And I mean, honestly, I don't know how I'm going to feel when my name is called. I, I keep telling people I'm not going to cry, but you really don't know in that, in that moment. Um, so we'll kind of just see how see how I react. But honestly, it's going to be a lot of emotions and really just a, a fun night. 
Man, no, no question about it. What's the uh, what's the drip game looking like? Do we have the suit already? Okay. Do we have it already kind of planned out? The shoes you got to give do. me head to toe, man. Without without giving away too much. Yeah, I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> I would tell you that there is a little bit of a you know homage to Nigeria, you know my okay the homeland and all yeah. that stuff. I definitely got you know a piece, you know, just to I guess show my love for Nigeria. No uh, doubt, you know, that's definitely part of the suit. But yeah, that's really all I can give you right now. How, how about the how about the Ooh, kicks? Are we going? Carpet. Yeah, are we going socks? No socks, loafer. What, what, what's <laughs> it? What we what we looking at? Right now, I'm thinking of just you know socks and loafers. You know, keep it keep it simple. Okay, Nothing crazy. Okay, I, I'll I'll do a full review afterwards. I can't wait to see. Oh, it, I, know, I know you're uh, I know you're <laughs> bringing that heat. Um, Icky, when when you look at this and you talk about you know this this the draft process and and the fact that it does only happen once and and your family's going to be there, everything that you've really worked for. I mean. What what is the team that's going to call your name? The franchise that drafts you. I want to hear it from, from straight from you. What are they getting when they draft Big Icky? You know, they're getting someone that's going to be you know hardest working on the team from day one. You know, I'm just I feel like you know one of my biggest stresses is obviously you know my mindset about putting guys in the dirt and just moving people from point A to point B. And I feel like that's kind of like infectious almost like that mindset of just dominating people on the field and imposing a will and doing everything you can for the team. Um, I feel like that's something that kind of spreads around the room, and that's something that I want to, I want to be, I guess, key in spreading around and kind of changing the culture of the program. But really, just having guys kind of buy into that NC State culture, just hard, tough together. So that's that's who you're gonna get, and you know, I'm just excited for the opportunity. Do Do you think it'll be, I guess, um, a little overwhelming? Are you ready? I mean, it's so different, right? Because you've been the dog. I mean, for for three years at NC State, where everybody looks to you, all this other stuff, and then. I mean, you're going to be walking into a building where, you know, guys have been there maybe 10 plus years. So, so how do you see that transition just as yourself, you know, you better than anyone else. Is that something you'll be ready for? Is it a lead by example type thing, a vocal guy? Like what, what do you expect, you know, day one rookie mini camp for, to be, you know, for you in that locker room? I mean, it's definitely something I feel like I'll be ready for. Um, really, it's really just excited for, you know, like you said, you, you got guys that have been playing this game, you know, almost double the amount of time that I've, I've been playing. I've been in the league almost double the amount of time I've been playing this game. So um, I feel like just kind of just being able to pick their brains a little bit and just learn uh, uh, just more and more about the NFL, more and more about the game of football is something that I'm really excited for. Because, uh, you know, anytime you get to talk with experts in your field, it only just makes you better. No doubt about it, man. Well, last one for you. We're going to let you get out of here. What's the best advice? Has anybody reached out to you? Has anybody kind of tried to help you out here with this transition, with this process? Because – Everything that we hear, right, and, and being able to go through it as you're about to, is that this rookie year is long. Like, it's, it is a process. What's the best advice that you have gotten from anybody leading up to this moment? Really just to develop a routine uh, more than anything. Um, you know, like you said, uh, the season's long. It's very long. So not having a routine, it kind of just uh, – I feel like that's, that's not, a good, not a good thing. You know, you, you want to have some structure in it, you know, something that you can look forward to and expect each and every day to kind of, I guess, make the days – flow better and um i feel like once you develop that routine it makes just everything else in your life easier because you don't have to worry you worry about less things and it's i, I feel like really just more than anything you know first thing i want to do is really just develop a nice routine of you know rehab prehab nutrition all that sort of stuff and i feel like everything else will kind of just fall into place he's a man with a plan icky thank he you is. so much for joining us brother really appreciate your time and uh good luck thursday thank you i appreciate it
man, big icky. That guy, I don't know how he's so nice, KG, off the field. <laughs> because when I'm sitting here breaking down tape, watching his film, he's body slamming guys, pointing back, laughing at them. Pancakes. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah, syrup. I mean, he's squeezing syrup all over the field, all the pancake syrup. Uh, he, he's just a menace on the field. But off of it, he's the nicest, most respectful I mean, really, you can just tell he was raised so well and and just really takes all of that to heart. And, man, just so impressed. And, KG, I don't know. If I'm sitting there interviewing that young man as a GM, as a head coach, as a scout, whatever, I don't know how you don't take him right away. And I'm sure everybody's like that. Like, these these student athletes, these athletes now, they're elite, right, in every form of the word. So everybody is is similar to this. But – when I see Icky, and we'll talk more about him next episode specifically, he's a freak of nature on the field. He's a great young man off the field. He can be a cornerstone piece of my franchise. So I, I just don't know. I, I don't know how he could possibly get out of the top five. He's already a pro. That That's what I get from talking to him. And, Mac, you know, we say, yeah, all, all these other guys are also impressive. But when I think <laughs> of some of the guys – that are talking, that are being talked about at the top of the draft. I, I don't know much about all of them, but the first one that comes to mind is a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, who, you know, bashed Alabama and like was so arrogant in some of the things he said after he was done. Also didn't play that much at Oregon for a variety of reasons. So I do think Icky, his work ethic, his attitude, obviously his film stands out. So we'll see where he ends up, but you're right. You're talking to that guy and... It's just so impressive. Both him and Zion. I, those guys, not only could they be cornerstones of your franchise, I mean, they could run your franchise one day. That, that's, <laughs> that's how impressive right. they both are. No question about it. So everything I just said about Icky, very applicable to the next guy that we spoke to, Zion Johnson. You guys are going to love this. We had a ton of fun. Let's get to it. Big Zion, welcome back. Man, the last time we spoke to you, you were just dominating, stealing the thunder, the spotlight at the Senior Bowl. How has life been since that week, my man? First of all, thank you for having me, but it, it's been awesome. You know, uh, it's been a great experience, Good getting to meet some teams, um, you know, see what they're about, um, see what they want in terms of a player, in terms of, you know, um, you know how I would fit in their team and, um, the biggest thing that I've enjoyed is getting to meet the players, you know, uh, just throughout the process, there's been players I've met at the senior bowl at the combine and on these visits. And you meet a lot of good players that you've watched on film and you appreciate their tape and, you know, they're good people too. So I love that. Yeah. And I, I'm sure Zion, you know, you did really well at the combine. We're going to talk about that, but we know that you can impress in an in-person interview. Uh, we've been on the other side side of that. So I'm sure it's been very successful for you. And let's talk about that. The combine, you threw up 32 reps on the bench. I want to ask you a little more about your uh, benching attire, but we'll get to that. Just overall, how did you feel that your combine went? Um, I felt, I felt pretty satisfied with it. I thought that, uh, you know, um, working with at Exos, the coaches did a lot to put me in a good spot to um, do my best and, you know, repping out all those different things, you know, uh, doing the 40 there, doing all the agility drills and repping it so many times. I felt pretty comfortable doing it at the combine. And um, I felt like I came away doing with doing what I what, what I wanted to do. So, Z, I, when I saw you moving, man, it, it was just so fluid. I, I mean, you look like a linebacker out there doing the drills. And I think I told you that earlier, but it, it just it had to feel good because once you do it, 
you're done. Like you're never going to run a 40 again. You're never going to run a shuttle again. I mean, is that relieving? Are you good to never, ever do that again? Oh, yeah. I could tell you that night I had some of the best sleep. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, I I mentioned the attire. You did the bench press without shoes on. Mm -hmm. Now, I would just be worried for my toes. You know, if something goes awry, I feel like you could lose a toe at that point. Why did you do it without shoes on? And is there anything else that you do without shoes on that most people (laughs) do with shoes on? I mean, I generally work out without shoes. It it wasn't something I did before I was at Exos, but I had a PT I worked with that really emphasized, you know, um, your feet. You know, when you do certain movements, feeling that control on the ground, you know, making your feet feel uh, more comfortable, building up that strength. And once I started getting back on the field after doing that, I felt like I had more control, Mm. Um, like I could feel uh, the ground because you don't notice it a lot, but you know, you don't feel a lot with your toes, you know, and, and I definitely was that way where, you know, if you asked me to just like, you know, have one of my toes, like flex one of my toes, it'd be pretty difficult for you to do that. I'm doing it right now as you're talking about it. (laughs) Now I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, being able to get that control and have um, built that, you know, level of strength at the bottom of my feet was something I, I thought would be good and would help me in the long run. I love that, man. I tell you what, I'm a big proponent of deadlift, squats, take the shoes off. Let's get as flat as we can. Let's feel all of that. It's interesting, KG. You should try it when you're well, deadlifting. I did have to do some of those things in basketball, but let's just say nothing was helping me put up more weight. <laughs> so I just left the shoes on, again, to protect the toes in the long run. I, I understand. I understand. Well, Zion, as you go through Senior Bowl week, as you went through uh, the combine and just absolutely dominated, uh, it seemed like the rest of the world kind of knew what – I did it the three years ago that, that you're going to be a first round draft pick. How have you been dealing with that as more people are talking about it, more people are discussing the added attention? It's had to have been just a, a huge amount. Um, honestly, for me, I feel the same. You know, I, I've always felt like an underdog. You know, I came from Davidson. And I've always had to prove myself. And that's how I, I like to conduct myself no matter what. But it's it it is it does feel good sometimes to know that you know, the, the work that I'm putting in is, is being noticed, whether it's on the field or, you know, how I conduct myself off the field as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's been good, but I like to try to tune it out and act like I'm still the the underdog. Cause in my mind, I still am. I'm not surprised with that answer there, Zion, but you bring up your journey and some people listening to our podcast might not realize you were in this. I've heard you use this language, a zero star recruit, You played two years at Davidson, transferred to Boston College, and of course had a ton of success there. So how do you think your journey, which is very unique, has prepared you for the NFL? I think my track record in terms of having to overcome adversity is something that'll help me on the next level. You know, even going back to high school, I started playing sports late. I started playing football late. I was a golfer. So I had to do a lot in terms of you know, covering that ground that other people um, already who had already played football since they were young, you know, they had that built up knowledge of the game that I didn't have. Um, and then when I got to Davidson, you know, now I'm playing college football. That's another level that I had to reach very soon. And then I got to Boston College coming from a triple option offense. There's a lot that you have to overcome there as well. You know, those are two very different offenses and those are two very different levels of competition. Um, so, you know, 
there's a lot of other instances I could talk about, you know, when I moved out to tackle, you know, playing center in the senior bowl, there's a lot of instances where I had to overcome adversity. And I feel like that'll help me on the next level. Zion, when you talk about that versatility and, and you, you mentioned having to play tackle, you mentioned playing center at the next level. I've been a huge proponent of it and think that it is something that just as a football player in a roster that only carries 53 guys is very attractive. And the fact that you did it at a very high level, I, I love it. Okay. Number one, talk to me about your perspective though. When you, when you see, okay, I've done this, I've played tackle. i am been really, really good at guard. Now I get to the highest level of my career so far, which is an all-star game. And they asked me to play center. What was your mindset going into that when maybe you first heard that? Well, I actually didn't know I was going to play as much center. As <laughs> even I, better, even better. <laughs> I so I kind of got a hint when I looked at the, the the roster and saw that we had no true centers on, on our team. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I'd been working on it anyway. So now I'm just mentally prepared that you know if if I'm if I'm playing more center than I thought, you know, I'll accept that challenge, and that's what ended up happening. And you know, I, I felt good playing center. You know, I, I, I say there's a lot of things about center I like more than guard, you know, getting to make the IDs, control the offensive line, those sort of things. Uh, those are the things I like to take pride in. No question. When, when you look at, I guess, these interviews that you've done and things that you did at the Combine, which, of course, was post-Senior Bowl, and now even maybe some workouts and visits that you you have done post-Pro you know pro Day, have have guys asked you to do all three? What, what has been kind of the common denominator, if you will, of, all right, Zion, we're with the, the Patriots today. We want you to do this. I would say for me, I, I approach everything with open mind, whatever the coach wants me to do, whether it's, you know, guard, center, tackle, you know, I'm willing to do whatever to, you know, help a team. And, um, you know, that's how I approach it. You know, um, if a coach wants me to do more, more center or do more guard or, you know, maybe even has some thoughts of me playing tackle. Right. I'm open to all of that. Sure. And, has there been a trend though? Like have, have people asked you more of a certain position or has it been pretty split? I think there's a lot of interest in, in me playing center, but you know, there's also a lot of, <laughs> there's also a lot of teams that uh, think that I'd be a, a, a great guard as well. And, you know, like I said, I'm open to playing wherever on the offensive line. Did you, by the way, you didn't see that. Well, we are putting some video stuff up, so you may be seeing this, but <laughs> Mac was very excited about the idea yeah. of Zion playing center. Well, let me, <laughs> tell, let me tell why real quick. Okay, okay, you. tell uh, me why. Zion has 600 degrees uh, from Boston College. Yes. They're all within like otherworldly things. It's not like <laughs> underwater basket weaving. So he is a very intelligent <laughs> player. On top of that, he's very good. Uh, the best place to put that young man, if it's not left tackle, is center. And so Zion, when I saw that, and I saw that you were put, in literally the most adverse situation you could be going against other first round talent and you handled it unbelievably well. I'm like, okay, I mean, that that's the position. And now the fact that you can play all three is great. And I think eventually in your career, you'll probably take snaps at all three, but man, I, I just think, I mean, I think hall of fame and I don't want to project you and put all these great things <laughs> on you, but I think you can be a hall of fame center. I'm sure other people have said that to you. Wow. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, you know, for me, I have very high standards and, you know, I, I want to be a good player at the next level. Um, I when But when I usually think of success in the next level, it's usually from a team perspective. You know, I want to go to a team that can compete for a Super Bowl and uh, contribute in any way I can to, to help that happen. But, 
you know, I also have high standards of myself in terms of my play as well. Okay. Speaking of team, we asked about your journey and, and we've talked about that, but let's zero in on Boston college here for a second. How do you think your experience at Boston college prepared you for the next level? I think it prepared me a lot. And I'd, I'd go so far as to say Davidson prepared me as well. You know, they're both academically rigorous schools. So having to dr- juggle that, you know, putting a lot into computer science, you know, making sure that I'm being excellent in the classroom while also being excellent on the field, you know, having to juggle that isn't an easy task. And it's really helped me have to deal with, you know, what I mentioned earlier, a bit of adversity. Um, I'd also say just the culture of BC, you know, their history of offensive linemen, um, the alumni who've come back and, you know, have instilled wisdom in us, talked to us, you know, those are all just great experiences that have helped me become the player I am. So I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. You just mentioned it there specifically. Two degrees, uh, computer science, cybersecurity. Uh, Z, what the heck do you want to do when you grow up? Is it Space Force? Do I need to make a call? I mean, I, we, we have a relationship with the guy that runs that thing, but what's next for you when football is all said and done? So, you know, of course I love football and I want to play football as long as I can. But I, I would say the two things for me is I'd love to do something with one of my degrees, whether that's working for the FBI or you know, working in data protection or something like that. But, you know, the second thing that I've been mulling over is I just love talking about football. So, you know, I, I think anybody who loves football would say talking about football for a living would be something that you know, would be unreal. But I, I'd say you'd have to fall in one in, one, in those uh, two categories for me. All right. So I hope you have a very long career so I can get at least a little more money before you come and take my job. So that's great to know that. That's great to know. Well, that. Mac, let's add this. Look, with those degrees, I feel like our country as a whole needs you outside of the media and doing That's something right. much more important. This is fun, but it's not that important. I, I, I like that. Okay, so let's go FBI route and then president, and I can have Perfect. my job for a much longer time, Zion. Is that okay? Right. We'll, we'll work something out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, speaking of the draft, we know it's going to be in Vegas, and I read that you are planning on attending. So what are you most excited for in Vegas and can you give us a preview of the fit or are you not at liberty to disclose? I can. I got to let it, I got to let it be a, a surprise. Okay, I will okay. say my, my fit's a little more traditional. You know, I'm not surprised. Okay. You're not going to see, you're not going to see no socks or anything. Like oh, that. that was my follow-up. That was my follow-up. <laughs> I will be wearing socks. The, yeah. The dog. You heard are, it here first. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll, I'll say uh, one thing I'm just excited about is just the whole experience when it comes draft day. You know, I think, a lot of players who dream about, you know, hearing Adam, uh, hear, hearing uh, uh, the commissioner call our name, uh, walking across the uh, the stage and, you know, shaking his hand. And, you know, it's just that whole experience, that whole ambience. And um, that that's something I really look forward to. When, when did that kind of hit you, Zion? When, when the fact that, okay, I'm at Davidson, not disrespectful, but a no-star athlete going into that, when did it hit you that, I'm going to walk across that stage. I'm going to shake the commissioner's hands. I'm going to be a first round draft pick. And what was that moment like? I think it's been a goal for me since my sophomore year at Davidson. I always talk about, we had a scout that came by at some point during that year. And that really opened my eyes. Cause I thought, okay, if, if there's a, a, at least, you know, a minimum level of interest, I can, I can go from here and possibly blossom into a player that'll have a, an opportunity to be drafted. And when I got to BC, you know, just with the tools that they had to help me develop as a player, 
you know, I, I really felt like it was a, a possibility for me and a goal. Well, you're, you're about to achieve that. And I, I want to ask a little bit off the beaten path here because you see some guys, okay, before they start to play football, they play basketball or maybe they play <laughs> baseball or something and they give that up. You were a golfer. So, I mean, I've got so many questions here, but let's just go with this. How is your golf game now? And if we did an O-line versus O-line golf match between you and Eric McLean, who would be victorious? Listen, I'm so rusty. It's not even. (laughs) I I don't play very often. um, But, you know, part of the reason I think I don't play as much anymore is when I played, I was pretty good, very good, I'd say. And I don't like to, you know... (laughs) I don't want to go out and play bad and be like, "Dang, oh, you want to keep you want to keep that image in yeah, your head that I'm that pretty image. good. I don't want to ruin that." Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, I I've been thinking about you know getting back into it a little bit, but you know my game will probably be a lot different. You know, I've got a lot different body type. Thing. <laughs> a little more power. I've got to imagine three fifty is the average when we're teeing it up. <laughs> we're driving that thing, so you've got to work from driver to like wedge to putter that, that, that just bring three clubs and you're good. Right. So I used to tee off of my, with my, my three wood. I That's how you know you're good. That's how you know you're good. Because with my driver, you know, I could, I could crush it, but you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't always straight ahead. Mm, I'm sure. a lot more accurate with my three, with my three wood. So, um, you know, I don't know if I, when I go out now, if that'll be the same thing when I went out last summer, I did pretty much the same thing, but maybe that's something I can work on. That's well, right. Zion, that's okay. Cause Mac has the same problem. So <laughs> you guys can both be in the trees. I hit it straight. I don't hit it far, but I do hit it straight. So maybe one day we could play. Well, we'll figure it out. We've got to get on the links. Uh, Zion, before we let you go, man, I, I just want to hear it straight from you. Uh, whatever team, whatever franchise drafts you, what are they getting out of Zion Johnson? I mean, you're getting a guy who, you know, has work ethic. And I can say from from my history, from where I've come from, I've had to work very hard to overcome adversity, like I talked about, you know, whether that's in high school, Davidson or Boston College. I'm someone who's reliable. You know, I'm not never been an all field issue. I'm the first one in, last one out. And everyone on our coaching staff or or, or my teammates will, will tell you that same thing about me. And uh Last thing is I'm I'm dedicated to the team. I'll do whatever to win. And that's my number one priority. First man in, last one out. Saw it time and time again Damn. at the Senior Bowl, at his practices at Boston College. John, really appreciate your, your time, man. Good luck this week. Thank you. And, and anytime, anytime. again to Zion Johnson for joining us and again another just impressive guy he had some really funny stories about playing golf (laughs) and working out barefoot Uh, Mac apparently this is a thing you were saying that you like to lift barefoot listen it's just your your balance you really can just you know your feet be where you are right and you can feel that it's just different you should try it KG what about your toes no you're good you're not going to drop it on your toes listen KG (laughs) the next time that you're out there deadlifting 300 plus Take your shoes off yeah. and you'll be able to go to 350. Okay. You'll be good. Sure. Well, uh, if I try to deadlift 300 plus, you will not have a co-host anymore <laughs> because I would probably die. I do. I do. And this is what everyone does, I guess. But I do a lot of yoga and I do yoga barefoot. Okay. So maybe I, I see that. I could see that. 
I, you know, I also uh, feel like I'm in a safe space. I think you need to give it a chance. <laughs> I think you need to give it a chance. And, and really, just talking with Zion, I mentioned it with Icky. Uh, I'll say it again here. We're going to break down everything on Wednesday, really dive into these guys and, and give you kind of why they need to be drafted in the first round. But just super impressive. I mean, a guy with those degrees, number one, we talked about yeah. running your franchise. I mean, he, he could steal your franchise, right, with the computer science and hack in there. <laughs> or and, protect or it. Protect it, or protect it. I, I have to <laughs> stop being a menace. Um, but really just very impressed with, with both of these young men, how they were raised. I mean, you can tell that their parents really – did a great job with them and, and the uh, young men that they have created now stepping out in society into the real world. So KG, it was a lot of fun. I have to give a shout out to my dear co-host, Eric McLean. After we finished talking with Zion, when we recorded that episode and we had talked with both those guys, it really hit me that really ever since Mac and I started doing this podcast, which was October, 2020, I believe, Mac has been singing the praises of Iki Aquanu and Zion Johnson, even when some people didn't really know who they were. And, you know, Mac's an O-lineman. He's locked in on the O-lineman in this league. And I remember we talked about quite a few O-linemen from last year and guys that went pretty high. But I just want to give you props, Mac. I feel like you've been all over this, all over Iki, all over Zion, and now they're both most likely going to be first-round picks. So shout-out to Eric Mack. Well, checks in the mail, KG. Checks in the mail. We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about why I thought that for all these years on Wednesday. Just a reminder, guys, we're going to go through every ACC prospect that KG and I think are going to be in the first two rounds. It's a long list. Can't wait to talk about these guys. And then on Friday, we will be breaking down the entire first round can't wait to jump into that. Just see best fits and, and where guys end up because it's so fun. We've been projecting for so long. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? And we will finally know. So we'll break that all down for you guys. But that's it. Thank you for listening. Another episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes. Go over to Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Write us a little review. Drop us a five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.